Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. He is from Team Penske. He is getting ready to rev his engines this weekend for the GMR Grand Prix. That's a part of May out at IMS. Of course, you've got the uh, greatest spectacle in racing at the end of the month. Joseph Newgarden he is the pride of Nashville, Tennessee, who joins us now. Hello, Joseph. How you doing? Hey, I'm great. Good to be here. Excited for the month of May. All right. So I know that you're excited for the month of May. But deep down, I think we all know what you're really, truly excited about because I think all your other competitors would say the same thing. How do you amp yourself up for this race coming up on Saturday? Well, it's pretty easy to do. You know, uh, the the big thing for me is when we show up here and we roll into the gates at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it, it just automatically you know, gets you excited about what's about to happen. You know, for us, we're so privileged. We get to live here basically for the whole month. We're inside the track. Um, you know, just getting that brace, all the activities, all the time. And, and, you know, it feels like you're you're just in this, you know, special club that gets to essentially camp at the Speedway for three weeks. So it's it's a blast. Um, you try and embrace it and enjoy it and just know that it's a privileged opportunity to, to compete on this, you know, world-class stage. He is uh, Joseph Newgarden with us. I have described you as being due at IMS, just in general, in all forms, um, not only, you know, the one coming up this weekend or the one coming up um, on, what, the 28th, I, you're doing all forms. You feel that way? Yeah, I, I hate to say I think we're due because I, I don't think anybody is owed anything at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You know, I've been doing this a long time. This is going to be my 12th attempt at, at trying to win the 500. And, you know, I drive for a team that's pretty accomplished most people know that you know team penske has won 18 indy 500 so um they they know how to win around this place it's it's certainly just me that's that's trying to you know carve carve my name um you know out at, at the track and i i've i've put my heart and soul into it every year i'm going to do the same this season and you know i, I just believe in the process that you got to try and give yourself an opportunity every year to win and and hopefully you know the door opens um, one of those years. So that's my focus. Just let's be there. Let's, you know, let's qualify well, put ourselves up front, give ourselves a chance. And um, if we can close the deal, we're going to be going for it just as hard as anybody else. I, Joseph Newgarden joins us. How long does a, a previous, and we're talking about the, the 500 here, how long does a previous race hang with you once it's done? Yeah, great question. You know, it used to be like a 24-hour rule where if you're you're upset about it then right. um if it was a bad day you know you're you're letting that sit for for 24 hours and then you need to move on but right now it's it's more like 48 for me uh so definitely two days to to get over it if it was a bad day it's easier when it's a good day you know when, when it's a good day i'm pretty much moved on to the next uh event immediately i can't wait to go to the next one and figure out you know what we're going to be doing to, to try and win again but it's it's the hard days that that linger with you especially after the 500 you know this, this place it hits you the hardest if it doesn't go well all the work and time um and that's why i mean so much and i can only imagine what it's like to win it and, and again no disrespect to you know bell isle and you know that race in the past that uh, you guys go to as well and i know that that's uh, meaningful and you're racing and all that but i'm sorry with the 500 it's different it's it's like the super bowl and if, if things don't go right for you in the super bowl that would tend to hang with you for a longer period of time than what a lot of you i think are allowed to have in this case before the racing starts again yeah, no, no doubt, and and that's almost the beauty of of you know running at Detroit immediately afterwards. Because if if it is a bad day, you know you're you're understandably going to be really frustrated about it, and it does linger. But getting back in the car quickly, as quickly as possible, really can help things. Um, you know, I think if you you won the event, you know you look at the schedule that the Indy 500 has to go through, and it's, it's very demanding, and typically it's hard on the winner to to show up and perform the next weekend again. Um, so that that's probably the good problem to have. But on, on the bad side, yeah, it, it's it's actually I would say it's nice to have the weekend so soon because you, you just want to get back in the car and and try and rectify what didn't go right. And so, it, it, but it is different. You're absolutely right. It lingers more. It's a bigger event. It hits harder than anyone that you go to on the year. 
Um, and it's just the time and the energy. It, it takes so much of that out of everybody. And when it doesn't go right, you know, everyone's, you know, pretty, pretty upset about it. That's uh, Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske. Kind enough to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Uh, tell us in full detail your, your season so far. I mean, obviously feeling good after Texas, but uh, the schedule leading up to the GMR Grand Prix this weekend, how do you feel about you and the race team? I feel really good. You know, I've been excited about the place we're in. We've had a, a I don't want to say a strange season, but it's certainly been up and down. Yeah. You know, we've, we've had good days and bad. Um, we're early, though. This is we're four races into our schedule. We won, you know, one race. Um, so I guess we're 25% on our hit, hit rate right now. But um, we need to be a little bit more consistent. We've had some tough days that have gone sideways, especially days that we could have won. So I'm optimistic because I think we could have won three out of four. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit cautious to make sure we stay on the right track because those two that got away from us, they, they got away. And we got to understand why that is and, and sort of, you know, rein in the, the consistency. But as far as just Indy and this track, I, I feel really good about where we are. You know, we've had a couple tough years here with, with our team, um, both last year and the year before. But I think we've been chipping away at it, making progress, and trying to get our, ourselves back to the front. And I think this could be the year that you know we we fully get there again. It's uh, Joseph Newgarden with us. It, it has to be difficult too because it, when you go that far as you explained in these four races so far, that far up and then down like that, you're, you're searching for answers. Do you find all those answers that you're looking for, Joseph? Well, you hope to. You know, for us, it, it was not an overnight thing. You know, it, it's definitely not from a lack of effort of trying to examine ourselves and see, you know, our, where are we putting our effort in? Is it in the right areas? Are we, you know, is our process wrong, et cetera? There's just, there's a lot that you can go through. Um, and it's it's not easy to just find, you know, the, the, the magic answer. There's, there's It's normally not one magic thing that's going to flip the script for you. So, You've got to do some trial and error, and, and we've done that over the last couple of years. And, and I think we've we've gotten a lot of answers for where we thought we misstepped or where we put energy that maybe wasn't in the right spot. And, and you know, that happens because things change all the time. You know, you look at racing and you think what well, worked last year should work again, and that seldomly is the case. You're, you're always having to evolve, like everything in life and, and like most sports. You have to continue to evolve and, and reinvent yourself. And, you know, we've had to do that over the last couple of years, and I, I think we're – We've been on the right track looking at the last two years building of this season, and I think we're finally in a spot where we can really capitalize on, on what we've learned. Justin Newgarden is with us. I'm curious your thoughts on this, too. You know, Obviously, you're incredibly talented. Your team is incredibly talented. Uh, that goes without saying. How much of it comes down to on some days, what is the percentage of, hey, we got this level of talent compared to the percentage of good fortune that is necessary out there? Yeah, it's a great question. Sometimes it's it's better to be lucky than good. You know, uh, unfortunately, that happens in racing where, you know, timing doesn't work out for you. And, and, you know, maybe someone else or some other team is victorious on the day. And and that's the intangible that you just can't control. And, uh, you know, un- unfortunately, you got you can't you can't fixate on it because you can't control it. You know, the timing is, you know, in everything we do in life. And that that piece of the equation, we we can't really dictate what's going to happen. But the things that we can control, and you know, outside of something odd happening, um, it's 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 really important to get the basics right. I think that's where we excel at Team Penske. You know, we we get the basics correct ninety nine percent of the time. We focus on you know what are the core things that are going to make us good on the day. What, how are we not going to make mistakes? Let's not beat ourselves. And and it's funny how often that trumps over you know, trying to be overly sophisticated or, or over-engineer something. So I think when you start with the basics and then you add the talent and the hard work on top of it, it's just a really tough combination to beat most of the time. Uh, doesn't mean we're perfect, but I, I think that's really what's helped this team excel over the years. How's it like to be in a Team Penske post-race meeting? Good versus bad. <laughs> what's it like to be in that room? Um, it's, you know, I think it's, it's tense when you're when you're looking at pure performance, uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I, you know, everyone really strives to get the best out of themselves, and that's that's what I've learned at, at being a part of this team. I think from the outside, it doesn't look like a warm environment. It's actually kind of the opposite. When I joined the team, it's it's some of the most fun I've had, some of the best friendships I've made in racing. So it's it's a tremendous environment to work in and very collaborative. But you also have this intensity to it where everyone shows up and wants to be the best versions. Uh, possible that, that they can really put 
put out there, and you get that from the whole team. And, and that's why you, you get a team that, that typically excels like we do because um, you, you have that demand from each individual internally that, that wants to get the most out of themselves. So, you know, post-race, if it, if it was bad, everyone's pretty upset, and they're, you know, they're trying to get it right. And Roger Penske is, you know, he's the most competitive out of all of us, and he demands excellence. Um, but we all demand it. You know, when we show up, we want to be the best that, that we can be. And when it's a good day, like we turn the page pretty quick. We're moving on to w- what's the next task. You know, what can we learn about this day and how can we apply it going forward? I thought that you were pretty close to, to saying, and I don't know that's if this is what you meant, but Team Penske Team at times seems robotic, right, at a high level of that. And compare being in a post-race good or bad meeting with Team Penske to that of being in something similar as you have been in the past with Ed, for example. Yeah, I mean, I can get that. I think I, I had that expectation from the outside that it was a cold environment. Right. You know, just very, robotic is one way to put it, too. It, it has that sort of look to it, but it's, it's really not. You know, it's what, what you see, again, to me, is the intensity of everyone trying to excel at their job. And, and you really have this – I'm – no joke. You have, a, you have a great environment where everybody wants to get the most out of each other, and, and that was a great surprise to me. So when it when it's not a good day, you know, I think you see with this team, uh, certainly you see it more with this team from my vantage point than, than what I've experienced in the past, but you have more focus on, you know, what are we going to do to fix the problems that, that we see? You know, it, we, we get on it really, really quickly. There's no there's no lag time. No one's waiting around for someone to, you know, give us a handout. We're, we're working immediately to try and rectify problems and, and address them. So that that's really the difference. It's uh, Joseph Newgarden with us. I, you look at the type of team that you're on, and, and I, I guess a, a baseball term here, do you feel like this as a driver is, all right, I've got to produce – along with we have to produce, because that's the expectation. When you're a part of the best and you have the best, the expectation is to be the best. I'm not suggesting at all that, you know, it's it's win or go home here, but that's probably, right, a little bit of this mentality that we're talking about here with Team Penske. Uh, it is, but, you know, to be fair, it, that expectation is there everywhere. You know, the, the, the way that this – it is a performance-driven sport – in racing, you're you're either succeeding, you're winning, or you know you're you're not going to have a job, and and that that's how it works across the board, regardless of what team you're with. So, I'd prefer to be with the best of the best because the difference in pressure on being with the best team on the grid or maybe the the worst team on the grid, it's really no different in my mind. I mean, you, it, it doesn't matter. You you everybody expects you to excel at some point and to put up numbers. And so I'd rather just have the best of the best around me while I'm trying to do that because it's it's going to be no different pressure. Now, you're perfect to explain that. Absolutely perfect. That's why I wanted to, to ask you that, too, because I, I didn't want it to seem like that that's throwing shade at other teams or anything. But, you know, everybody has different personalities and everybody has uh, certainly they all have the same expectations. But it, it just Team Penske is has that across the board and just seems like that there is constant with whatever you're doing, probably competition going on there. How busy outside of racing, practicing, qualifying and all that is your mother? the mayor out here joseph oh crazy busy you know we're we're at a, a partner event right now we're at a jiffy lube on on the on the west side of town with our our partner Pennzoil. so we we get to do all sorts of stuff and you know I'm you changing oil Scott McLaughlin. you want to change yeah, some oil change some oil oh yeah, yeah yeah we're 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 welcoming customers and and uh <laughs> doing all all the work i mean look they they get their money's worth out of us all right we don't drive just drive the cars and do everything they do. <laughs> Um, so me and Scott were pitching in for the for the whole month. That's why. Well, listen, can you could you change the oil in your vehicle? Oh yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Scott's a fabricator. He could, you know, if he needs something welded. Uh, oh really? Well, hell, oh, yeah. I didn't know we had a welder on Team Penske here. Who? I mean, as a driver, I guess I know you have welders, but didn't know that. Wow, you don't have a welding skill. I don't, but these guys are nuts, you know. Uh, so Scott, Scott is, uh, he's, you know, he's a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand, but he's yeah. lived in Australia a long time. So he's, you know, they're tradesmen over there. They they learn a trade very early. So he he learned welding, and you got, I don't know what uh, Scott's literally right next to me. Will like knows how to knit or something. Like that. <laughs> uh, so they. 
Yeah, they've got these skill sets that I don't have, but uh, I can I can dabble. I'll get into whatever they're into. Uh, Scott's gonna get. Scott's probably grown up kind of like Crocodile Dundee to a degree, right? He can just do it all. So. Oh yeah, I mean. yeah. Scott, he's a he's a wild man. He loves to live in the wilderness, but he's, yeah, he, he, you know he likes he likes being here in in the track too, and he's yeah. he's comfortable in the car. He says, no doubt about that. All right, hey, I appreciate you dropping in here, and hopefully we get to talk again before the greatest spectacle in racing. The best of luck in the GMR Grand Prix coming up this weekend, Joseph. And again, thank you for the time, and uh, yeah, have a great month of May out there. Absolutely. Take care. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, Errol McLaren, and just an all-around great guy. And he was with us a year ago. We talked about a variety of things. We'll do so again today because it's also in front of what is going to be a race to recovery gala coming up tomorrow, I believe, at the Indiana Roof Ballroom here in downtown Indy. Sam Smith joins us now. Hello, Sam. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Fantastic to have you back on in Indy. How's the season gone to date for uh, you and your colleagues in your estimation? You know, I I think we, you know, I'd give us uh, I'd give us an A minus just because uh, should have won St. Pete and should have won Texas if it doesn't end in yellow. So uh, yeah. that would get us to a, few, a, a solid A plus. But you know, I think considering uh, we added 25 people and started the third car for Rossi, and uh, that all all three cars have made the fast 12 in every race. Um, you know, I'm excited. I mean, Rossi uh, has won this race. He's won the 500. Uh, God, and adding Canon for the 500 is huge. Uh, if you think about it, the drivers we have this year at the 500 finished second, third, fourth, and fifth last year. So we are extremely excited to get this thing going and get this month of May going. So, it yeah. is Sam Smith with us. I, I did want you to comment on this, too. It, it, on paper, as you mentioned, it looks like that, that nobody has a better stable of drivers going into the month of May than you guys. Is that the feeling? I think, uh, you know, obviously Penske, uh, with their deepness, depth, and experience in the three cars, um, Andretti's made a good run this year. They've improved a lot. And certainly Ganassi. I mean, now, you know, you might, somebody might have said last year that uh, the weak link there was Ericsson, right? And that would have bit him in the butt. So um, the Ganassi cars, as we feel, are, are probably the best of the best when it comes to Hondas. We feel like you're, we're right there, if not best of the best, with the Chevys. And, um you know, there's so many things that can go wrong that day, and so it's all about minimizing your uh, uh, minimizing your mistakes and execution, and the ones that execute will be there at the end. Hey, what's the point um, in the month of May? How, how do you break down your feeling on how much momentum your team has? Can there's is there a way you play off of it with the GMR Grand Prix, for example, or is it about the way that you practice, then the way that you qualify? Where, where do you figure out, or how do you figure out exactly the type of momentum you have going into the race itself? Well, um, I think we've got great momentum. We knew we could have won those first two races, and even with uh, with Rossi and uh, and and Felix, we've had excellent race cars, fast, and you know just didn't execute. Like I said, so hopefully. Those kind of gremlins, those kind of mistakes are out of our system. But, you know, Indy's a, Indy's a pretty, uh, what's the word, um, difficult place to do business. You know, all the shops are here. Uh, you want to try and create a sense of loyalty. You want to create a team effort, which we thought, honestly, it might be tough with, uh, you know, Rick and I are still part of the team, but uh, but McLaren has come in and, and, done, and made a lot of changes, had a lot of people. And, you know, we were seriously – concerned about losing some people and then you know i think out of 100 people we lost two you know so that's that's not bad attrition so we've got all the same people i got a handful of people that have been here since uh early 2000s i got another half dozen that have been here since i started the indycar team in 2011 so i'm really just excited um this is the best opportunity i mean you, you always come to indy hoping you have an opportunity to win it but let's face it sometimes you need a, a lot of luck to do it I think in the position we're in, we need a lot less luck, um, but we still need luck. So, uh, Canon's been a really good added bonus this year. 
Uh, I think he's going to stay on as a driver coach after the 500. And, uh, man, it's uh, it's just great. It's just great. Great energy, great vibe. I got to spend the whole day today uh, with the team, with the mechanics, with the engineers. And um, everybody thinks we, any of our cars can win. It's, uh, Sam Smith joins us. You, you look at Tony Kanaan. How much coaching uh, does he end up doing? Uh, with the other drivers, and really not even 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 past that, even with those you know team members, how much coaching advice giving uh, does he provide your team? You know, with Tony, I think it's as much um, attitude and work ethic and example as it is anything else. Um, here's a guy that's been here how many years and how, how many races and how many successful Indy 500s. Always there at the end, always in the top five. And so for young drivers like Pato and uh, Felix to an extent, that's just a great example to have around all year. I would not expect him to give 100% of his secrets up uh, before the green flag drops, but certainly we'll hopefully get the benefit of that afterwards. But, man, we got some good guys. I mean, Pato uh, came about 20 feet in turn one on the last lap away from winning that thing last year. And, uh, and Felix led laps. Every one of our guys has won or led laps here. So, um, yeah, Tony, you know, he's just such a – the fans love him, the sponsors love him, and, uh, and that will hopefully rub off on the other drivers, you know, because um, you need to work as hard outside the car as you do inside the car. Hey, Sam, outside of not, – not so much Tony involved in this question, but of, of Felix – Alexander and and Pato, and obviously you know Rossi has has won the race before, but give me a top individual positive quality for each of those three drivers and what they bring to this team. Pato, just youthful ambition, no filter. Uh, what you see is what you get. Um, yes, yeah, I mean, you know, number one follower. Uh, of Instagram, uh, you know, in the in the in the IndyCar paddock, other than somebody who came from F1, um, Felix, uh, kind of a mix between maturity and speed. He's got great talent, got great speed, and um, you know, generally he's just somebody you can always count on to be up there. I mean, I I'm a little disappointed he hasn't you know won more races with us right now, but I think he's uh, he's getting used to his new engineer and that stuff, but. When he gets to Rossi, I mean, uh, I was really excited to bring him in because absolutely nobody, nobody's going to outwork Alexander Rossi in the paddock. Um, he's always in the shop. He's always in the gym. He's always trying to make himself better uh, with data, with video, with everything you think of, driver, coach, psychological, the whole deal. And uh, so I'm hoping, not that Pato doesn't work hard out of the car, but I'm hoping, uh, you know, some of that work ethic, some of that specificity, some of that attention to detail, you know, could rub off on Pato because I think then you got a you got a guy that would be unstoppable. You know, um, but all of them are working hard, and and this is by far you know what everybody wants to win this thing. So um, we uh, we're excited. So Sam Schmidt joins us from Arrow McLaren, and uh, we'll get to to what he's doing coming up tomorrow night as well. So I, I talked to Joseph Newgarden a little bit earlier, and I asked him you know how it goes, both good and bad, in the critiquing that goes along with the drivers team driver meetings i want to ask you the same how does that go the the driver meetings take us into you know both the good and the bad the critiquing and the patting on the back that goes on in each driver meeting where you want these guys to learn from mistakes and grow from experiences and get better individually and as a team how does that go from meeting after meeting with you guys yeah i mean i i don't know about the other teams but i think we've always had a very Sort of open book, open, open, no, you know, no BS type of way of approaching this. I mean, um, when you do things right, it's right there in black and white. When you mess up um, on your own, it's right there in black and white. So, you know, these guys are veterans. There's no reason to dwell on it. It's really just okay. I don't like to go backwards, but what can we make sure to do that we don't make the mistake ever again? Whether it's in the pits, whether it's there's so many. You know, that's what people don't realize. Uh, the drivers get all the glory, but man. There are so many pieces of this puzzle behind the scenes that if if one person doesn't do their job right, uh, it can be catastrophic or it can hurt somebody. You know, so um, it's uh, we we don't just analyze the drivers and their uh, their their practice or qualifying the race, but we analyze uh, every step of this thing because, as you know, a football field is a second. So 
pit stops are critical, equipment's are critical, you know, just on and on and on. You know, Sam, too, you mentioned a little bit earlier that now you have a mixture on this team behind the scenes, you know, mechanics and such, non-drivers, non-driving category. You have a mixture of, of old school and very new school. Is that perfect? Because when I look at your drivers right now, it sounds like that that, at least from, from those non-drivers, would be a perfect mixture. Do you feel like you guys might be there with that, that kind of perfect uh, supporting cast that you have for your drivers? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Tony tips the scale a little bit to uh, to the older side when he gets in the mix. But uh, but as far as everywhere through the organization, uh, starting with drivers, then mechanics and engineers, commercial department, we uh, we really have a spread of uh, people that have been here anywhere from 20 years to you know two two months. You know, so uh, uh, we ramped up quite a bit. Um, you know, uh, in personnel to start the third car for Rossi, and I like the fact that. We really didn't dig into the paddock to do that. I mean, there was a few selective people that came to us and said, hey, we like what you guys are doing. We like what the future for McLaren is. You know, do you have an available spot? And our response is typically, well, only if you're not happy where you're at. You know, I don't want to be playing that game. But but we also got, gosh, I think probably 60 70% of the people we hired were all uh, not involved in IndyCar prior to, uh, you know, prior to bringing them on. So a lot of fresh faces, a lot of newbies. But that's really, really well covered up with, uh, you know, our crew chiefs and our engineers that have been here, either been in the business 30, 40 years or, um, you know, just some oversight, make sure uh, those mistakes don't happen. But we got a lot of uh, a lot of youthful ambition, which is really exciting. Yeah. And, and, and to me, I'm talking about the, the 500 itself, not so much the GMR Grand Prix this weekend, Sam. But it seems yeah. like that you in, in this era of racing, it is important to have each to have both the the old schoolers that certainly know their way around know what can happen and how to handle it and the new schoolers that may you know take on and have different thoughts in mind that uh, you know maybe the old schoolers wouldn't have it seems like in this era of racing with the 500 in mind that that's a, a very important dynamic to have on your team Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, really no different in that sense than a lot of other businesses you can be involved in. But uh, but uh, in this one, it's critical because we do have a large population of mechanics uh, that were mechanics when I was driving, you know, almost 30 years ago. So they're starting to age out, they get a little tired. Uh, But, you know, it's it's not the NASCAR schedule of 34 races a year, but it is 17. You do test a lot. Uh, You travel a lot. So it's uh, you got to pace yourself mentally, physically. We try to. We try to get them out of Indy for events as late as possible. We try and get them back as soon after events as we can uh, through the JET program, different things. Uh, everything we can to give them the best quality of life at home as we can. Um, but, you know, you're not you're not married to somebody in this business unless there's a lot of give and take with uh, with their schedules and, uh, and everything else. So, uh, uh, it's yeah, I, I really like the mix that we have. Um, yeah, I think we can grow from here and have a really great. We should be we should be in that talk every weekend about winning the race, sitting on pole, and uh, winning the championship. We should be. It is uh, Sam Schmidt of Aero McLaren Racing. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I want to get to uh, what's coming up tomorrow. And uh, further down the road as well with you in a second. But I, I ask you this because you've been you know around IndyCar for such a long time and you know an incredible history of that. Where is um, IndyCar just in general terms right now? Uh, where it is right now compared where it has been? Is it in a good place moving forward from from your estimation? I, I do think so. You know, um, God bless the home and George family and everything they did to maintain the speedway and get it to where it was. Uh, but, you know, let's face it, if uh, Roger Penske doesn't buy this thing in January 2020 and have his Penske Entertainment Group and everybody there be able to navigate COVID for a couple of years and, and not have us all lose our businesses completely and keep our sponsors happy and, you know, uh, yeah, God bless Roger Penske for that. And and uh, I talked to Tony this morning, in fact, and, uh, you know, he's, he's happy with uh, – with the way things have come out, what's happening with the Speedway, all the improvements, and, you know, and, and everybody is happy with the fast of the baton. There's, the family's still around. The family's still involved. The family's still at the race. But, uh, but clearly the Penske group is, is the group that can invest and take this thing to the next level. 
We've never had more uh, number of cars consistently. We've never had um, the the ratings and the TV and the NBC on, on Prime, the, uh, you know, the, the, the qualified drivers and teams. It has not been this competitive since probably the 90s. And even in the 90s, you'd argue that uh, that was a bit lopsided field and there was only a few people that could win. So, um, you know, uh, I, I hope people like the new 100 Days to Indy series. A little behind the scenes there. I hope, uh, you know, but that's all that's all supported by Roger Penske and Penske Entertainment. Uh, they they tripled their staff on social media. They uh, they're really, you know, targeting towards the younger generation. And uh, I think, you know, with the success of F1 and for that matter, a lot of other series in the U.S. SRO, et cetera. Uh, you know, we're here to stay. We've never been stronger. The drivers and the teams have never been stronger financially. So I'm very excited. I want to talk about as well with Sam Smith. You have a uh, your celebration, uh, the Race to Recovery Gala going on, I believe that's tomorrow night at the Indiana Roof Ballroom. If you would, share some thoughts on that. And, and obviously all that you've been involved with over the years and you know, in, in forwarding and utilizing technology and, and things that you've had to deal with that you want to better for for everybody else. A little bit about what you've been doing at this event and obviously moving forward with, with a lot of, of those as well that are that are working to conquer paralysis with, with this particular charity and this gala going on tomorrow night, Sam. Well, it's, uh, it's a labor of love, obviously. I can't believe I've been paralyzed 23 years. But uh, when I got hurt, I had six months of inpatient rehabilitation. Uh, my home was converted. My family was ready for me. And I, I instantly went back to work when I went home. Now, you and everybody else, we've, you'd be lucky to get six weeks. Uh, they send you home completely unprepared for life. doesn't matter your disability, brain injury, stroke, MS, you name it. And uh, what do you do, you know? Uh, really, really, 85% divorce rate, um, uncalculated but large uh, suicide rate. Um, and it really didn't hit me until Robert Wickens got hurt in 2018, and we had to immediately deploy the information that we learned, you know, through this funding of this, of this foundation and the scale for the past 18 years. We had a willing candidate. I mean, I wouldn't have wished it on him, but uh, that is the great thing about IndyCar racing. Everybody wants to beat everybody up on Sunday to win, but when there's a catastrophe or something happens to somebody in the paddock, doesn't matter who it is. We're going to open our arms. We're going to figure out how to fix this thing. And Robert, Robert was uh, a willing participant to uh, take on everything we've learned. They said he'd never walk it in, but because he was so diligent, so energetic, applied his his perseverance to from racing to that. He walked it with Canes. About a year later, he uh, he got married, he has a kid, and now he's working for us full-time and driving professionally in the Hyundai Series. So mm. uh, that is a perfect example of what we now want to do to the masses. Um, there's going to be some great, uh, uh, some great announcements coming up in the next couple of weeks, but the long and short of it is we had so much success with our Driven Neuro Recovery Center in the last four years in Vegas. That was one of the critical reasons why at least I personally sold a part of the team, was to focus on this 100%. It is my passion in my life until I cannot do it no more. Uh, we're going to open one in Phoenix in about 90 days. Um, we're going to be doing something here that's going to be very collaborative, very cool. Um, and then, you know, we're going to try and try and grow this and take it to the masses because uh, I can honestly say to everybody who's listening, like, if you have any size in your family, you are going to deal with, this type of situation in your lifetime. You're going to, may not be spinal cord injury, but brain injury, MS, transverse myelitis, ALS, PLS, all of these disorders can be either cured and or better quality of life, and we can get you back to work using technology that is not available conventionally because insurance won't reimburse for it. So uh, we're very excited. Uh, again, just having driven out there, working out there myself, I had to go through a year's worth of rehabilitation to get upright and dance with my daughter at a wedding, but mm. it was well it was well worth the effort, you know. And uh, not everybody, you know, wants to put the time or the skin in the game, but if you want to put the skin in the game and you want to come to our, one of our facilities, we're gonna we're gonna help you reach your goals. We have an unlimited amount of uh, uh, college scholarships for anybody that's 
disabled wants to go to college. We got great partnerships with uh, UNLV out there and IU Health here, and and so we're just we're just really excited. And I need to applaud everybody in Indiana for helping us to you know get to this point. We've invested over 17 million dollars in 23 years on research and various forms of rehabilitation, and now now we're putting it to work. And I think you know in the short amount of time we're going to be putting it to work here. But also, what's really cool about this event is it's completely hybrid. Uh, you can go online. You can register online. It's free to register. You can bid on all the auction items. And then uh, at 8 o'clock tomorrow night, on the Internet, on your PC, on your TV, uh, you can watch the whole event live um, with a lot of stars, a lot of our success stories. And uh, you can sit at home, drink, drink, drink a bottle of wine, and watch it, you know. So um, it's uh, – we developed that process for the for the COVID shows and for raising money, and it was so successful, over 1,200 people watching nationally, that we had to continue it even with the live event downtown. There is still tickets available downtown as well. Indiana Rooftop Ballroom, uh, six o'clock tomorrow night to ten o'clock. We got we got drivers, we got dignitaries, we got a party. Uh, I think starting by nine o'clock, we're opening up casino night and a cool band, and so it's. Uh, you know, come rock the night away. It's only 250 bucks all in. Or, uh, like I said, go online and uh, register yourself. we got 150 bid items, all something for everybody. So, And just know that that money will be spent in Indiana, 100%. So, uh, you know, again, you're, you're investing in the future uh, if you help us. So Sam Smith with us, Indiana Ballroom, or Indiana Roof Ballroom, I should say, coming up tomorrow night. What is the web address where people can, can sign up and, and bid and then sign up and watch this tomorrow night too, Sam? Yep, conquerparalysisnow.org. Conquerparalysisnow.org. There'll be a couple of different things you can click on, whether you want to bid on the auction items, whether you want to watch live. All of that stuff's free. So, uh, yeah, should be straightforward or, you know, uh you know, somebody get a hold of me, whatever. I don't know. You know, I say, um, I got a busy day or else I give my cell phone number. But, uh, um, yeah, org, or send a note, send a note info at org. But, but it's all, all this technology now. I don't know how the hell to do it, but I know you can, I know on your cell phone you can bid and on your computer you can bid and on your TV and computer you can watch the show. This is, this is your vision coming to reality right here isn't it you mentioned what what's happening in vegas what's about to happen in phoenix obviously what's going to go down here and and the indiana roof ballroom gala coming up tomorrow night this is this is your your vision and i I'm, i was curious about this um when i was listening to you how often does this vision continue to evolve for you well i mean prior to selling part of the team 75 percent of that was keeping that going with yeah. All the all my energy towards raising money for that, but now it's flip flop. This is seventy five. The team's like ten, and I got some other things that are ten or fifteen. But uh, all that to say, uh, what I've seen in the last four years of driven, working out there personally, and the change in people's lives that frankly don't have a pot to piss in. They're living below the poverty level. Those are the most energetic people that want to get back to work. They want to support their family. Uh, they want to pay taxes, uh, believe it or not. And uh, so I'm you know, really doing this for that. I'm in the 1% of people that, you know, had a pathway, had good insurance, had good family. Uh, it's just not that way with any of these disabilities. So, yes, um, this is my path forward. As long as I'm alive, we'll be we'll be trying to put these up around the country and uh, and raise money for it. We Everybody talks about, you know, stem cell research, stimulators, a lot of different ways to fix this problem given the disorder. But what I found out the hard way is all roads lead to intensive rehabilitation. If you want a stem cell procedure, if you want a drug procedure, if you want a stimulator, you're going to have to come to me to do the work after you get it. And uh, that's what we're here for. The IU Health, uh, Ascension, Ortho Indy, uh, Goodman Campbell, they're all gonna be sending hundreds of people our way to get this type of therapy because insurance doesn't cover it. So that's what the money goes to. Sam Smith's with us. And before I let you go, just a spectacular conversation. And I, I wanted to to also mention this. You're going to have a special guest with you guys coming up on Saturday at the GMR Grand Prix. Um, a little bit about that, too. And, and once again, just another fantastic story of what you're doing and trying to help. 
we're doing that pretty much at every race, but this one is of particular local interest. I got a call maybe three months ago from a friend of mine in the banking industry who said he's on an off, a wounded officer's foundation, and, you know, uh, this Dr. Moody got hurt in the line of duty, and it is exactly what I talked about earlier in this call is that, you know, six weeks of rehabilitation, he's home. They're, they've given no pathway to go back to work. Uh, his wife is, you know, his wife never worked, you know, so she's she's taking care of three kids, you know, all this stuff. And and uh, I'm like, what the hell? You know, this is a very, very common problem. But this was, uh, you know, this is out there because it's a, it's a you know, Indiana police officer. And so, uh, you know, like we do always, we connect the dots, yeah. call Toyota, call Braunability and uh, Carmel or Winnemac. Uh, we got him a van. We got it converted. And we delivered that to him a couple weeks ago. So I'm very, very, very pleased uh, to have Doctor uh, have Officer Moody coming out to the track. Um, uh, uh, yeah, he's coming to the event tomorrow night. Yep. If you want to come see him, he's coming to the track with his entire family on Saturday. Uh, we're going to entertain him, show him the side of his life. But more importantly, afterwards, we are going to dig in and find out what we can do about his rehabilitation. Because I have several officers injured in the line out in Vegas that are back working for the police department. Uh, you know, at the desk level, at the at the 911 level, whatever, they all want to go back to work, and they've given him no pathway to do that. Which to me, uh, you know, just like the VA in the military, is a travesty that this guy was hurt in the line of duty, and there's not a clear pathway for him to go back to work. So that is what we're all about, and uh, and here we are, living example. I'm excited. Uh, you know, at Detroit race uh, after the New 500, we've got several of the kids that were shot in Michigan State a few months ago that were paralyzed by bullets. So everywhere we go, there's there's a public a public example of what we're trying to fix that represents thousands of people right behind them that you don't hear about. And um, Dustin Moody is um, a police officer in Trafalgar, and uh, Dustin, along with his wife and son, will uh, be a special guest of yours coming up at the GMR Grand Prix on Saturday out at – IMS. That is Sam Smith. You, you are an, you are just a treasure, Sam. A treasure. I uh, appreciate that, but I mean, it's it's uh, you know, speaking brutally honest, I did all of this because I had a six month old and a two and a half year old, and I said, by hell, am I going to like lay there all day and let them see me do nothing? You know, uh, I wanted to watch them grow up. I wanted to be a productive member of society, and uh, you know, I made sure I was to be that example. But I also had a lot of a lot of gifts and um, the ability to do that, and that's uh, that's not the norm. So we gotta we gotta make this happen for not only you know this people, the VA. We're, we gotta work on some problems there, uh, getting some people rehabilitated back to work. And there's some pretty big challenges, but you know I, I don't want to say this is all us either. I mean, you know, the van is a partnership uh, of uh, us and Bronability and their foundation. Everybody work together. Uh, the fact that he's coming out Saturday. You know, Doug Bowles providing the tickets, parking. Uh, we're providing seat pass. We're we're showing them around. So everything we do um, is done with purpose, but it's also done collaboratively. So that's kind of what excites me because everybody gets excited, right? So uh, anyway, no, uh, I'm telling you, I I got no words, and, and I I every too. time I have you on, I'm as happy as hell afterwards that I had you on <laughs> because. You, you uh, you bring a great deal of, of vision and goodwill and joy to wherever you are, and uh, and we appreciate that, Sam. And tomorrow night should be fun at the Indiana Roof Ballroom. And, and this is much less important, but I always have to bring up that when I grew up and watched you win like fifteen grand on Pressure Luck, that was a noted moment in my life back in the day. So I got to bring that up 18, every time. Eighteen five, my man. Eighteen five. Uh, Wait a minute. It says fifteen k. What? I I, I hate uh, I hate the <laughs> fact YouTube. I I love YouTube, but man, that's a that's a curse and a and a positive thing. And that's uh, <laughs> I I kept for so many years, and then about ten years ago, I started getting notes like, "Hey, dude." I saw you on Pressure Luck. <laughs> it still and, uh, it still rolls all the time. I mean, you can see it on YouTube right now, whatever you want, but it still rolls all the time. Yeah, you gotta love that. You gotta love the Miami Vice uh, shirt, our blazer, <laughs> and the Don Johnson haircut and mustache. And uh, it was 1983, so just put it all in perspective. And 
Um, and I paid. I used that money to pay for my MBA. So what was it? I don't know whether. Yeah. Was it all cash, or was there any product in there too? Oh, pressure luck is a lot of cash. Um, I think I think it was all cash, man. I was, okay, I didn't know I if no you whammy, went a trip. No but sometimes they have trips in there too. So, yeah, no whammies, big bucks. I even got a date out of it. One of the girls that uh, uh, was that I beat on one of the sessions was uh, uh, was you know up for a date afterwards. I said, well, you know, if I win, um, I'll and I'll pay. If you win, uh, you pay. And so, uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't go past the first date, but I got pretty lucky there too because I got. <laughs> I've been married, mar- just married 30 years, and uh, she's married 30 years, and she's a saint, for sure. That is outstanding right there. How many whammies did you end up with? Well, that's it. You get three whammies, you're out. But right. a lot of times they say, hey, you know, like, uh, you know, don't raise the money, pass your whammies. They're going to whammy out. You still win. But I took the opposite approach, man. I I was going I was going for big bucks, big bucks, and uh, um you know, it worked for two full days. I won eighteen five, and then uh, the third day I whammied out. You know, but uh, it's uh, kind of like my driving here at Indy: win or die trying. And uh, that's why all three Indy five hundreds I didn't finish. But uh, um, yeah, it's it's all in. We love you being here, and it's uh, yeah. As I mentioned, you're a treasure, Sam. Thanks for all that you do, and so many of those that you help. Continued success, success for uh, Errol McLaren coming up in the month of May as well, and uh, we'll see you out at the track. Thank you as always for coming on this show. It's an absolute joy. Well, thank you so much for having us, helping us promote it, and uh, I want to wear some stinky milk. So let's go for it. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Thank you, Sam. Bye. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Any more automotive group hotline, Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59. Uh, do you have an up-to-date um, passport? Do you know where that is? And are you ready to go to Frankfurt, Germany in November? Yes, and probably. I mean, the wife is ready to go as soon as you know. Sure. As soon as it came out, and and we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I, that, that's been one of the really, really good perks of covering this team so long is the places you get to go. I've been to all the international games, uh, London and Mexico City and Tokyo and Buffalo, which is or uh, uh, Toronto, which is sort of international but not overseas certainly yeah uh so yeah it's pretty cool to- tokyo was cool long ass way away but it was pr- pretty cool uh peyton manning and michael vick so uh looking forward to it i hope hopefully i'll be able to go and we'll 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 see yeah 600 tickets from what i've heard is going to be the allotment because they, they've got a teeny weeny stadium they're going to be playing in by nfl standards right as long as there's room in the press box, I don't care. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> how, how selfish was that? That's very uh, selfish out of you right there. It, it's funny. Man. When when uh, the Colts played uh, the Bears in the Super Bowl in Miami, uh, whatever the stadium was at the time, pro-life or yeah. uh, whatever it was. I think it was pro-player. Uh, pro-player, whatever. <laughs> pro-life. <laughs> we don't want to get in that rabbit hole. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for bringing that into the conversation. Yeah, really. Though. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have you call downstairs here in a minute. Yeah. We're we're, we're up in the press box, and it looks like it's a light little mist, and the wife and the family were in the stand. She said, no, it was raining. They went back to the hotel, and they were just soaked. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully they can make the trip and and all that, because it's just an experience. I never would have gone to Tokyo. I never would have. Uh, And I never would have gone to, to, to Germany. So, it's it's not so much for the experience of the team, although that's kind of cool. It's more just to get out and go. But the, the biggest regret over all of my years covering this team is I've never flown in to Boston for all those New England games, so I've never had a chance to go to Cheers. And uh, so you all, what do you fly into Providence then? Providence, just because I, I was yeah. always told that Boston was a pain in the butt. That really the, the distance was about the same, but – Providence is just it's it's just so much better, so much smaller and more yeah. convenient. I'm sure it's bigger now, but but uh, yeah, it, it's really cool to think of all the places we've been able to go, 
and this this will be another one. Hopefully, I can I can make it work. So the you, passport you is, the passport is ready to go. Awesome! You went to to Tokyo. That was a preseason game, and the game that Edgerin did not have any need to want to be a part of, if memory serves. Uh, the Benihana's the closest I'll be there. Yeah, Tokyo's Benihana's. That's and, a great quote. And, 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 well, the, the better one is that he's going to take all his guys out and they're going to give him a happy ending. That was really good <laughs> because back then, you know, a lot of folks didn't know exactly what that referred to. So that that made the first edition of our newspaper, and then it was deleted. Uh, oh, really? Well, who deleted yeah. who deleted the happy ending well, part out? Some copy editor who knew what the heck it meant. So, oh, so you know, you, you were relying on the fact that some of the the longer and the tooth copy editors at the then Star didn't know what he actually meant by that. That's why that got run. Correct, and, and you know, <laughs> there are standards of what you can and can't put in, and that was one of them that crossed the line. <laughs> and, and, and of course, Edrin gave it to us as, as he would normally do. Oh, that's fantastic, right there! It's uh, Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. That's awesome. You've got to to go to all those those places. I went to London, and I mentioned this before. It was it was kicking and screaming. I did not want to go. But I've never been so glad that people forced me to go somewhere in my life because it was absolutely outstanding. Now, one thing I wish we had done, and we will if we go this time, is with the buy the next week, we will probably stay a day or two uh, just to enjoy it. Because when you're there working, you're working, and there's not a lot of free time. We were so crammed in the Tokyo trip. Uh, my wife's girlfriend went with her, and, and our big thing is we rode the bullet train to the base of Mount Fuji, but we, but we didn't have time to do anything else. So, uh, yeah, I, in London, my, my and I've got a picture. It, it's I, I've got my I, I'm, I'm Mr. Beatles, and I've got a picture of me walking across the Abbey Road. So the Beatles got nothing on me. Nah, we we rode in what they call the tube in London. You know, they, they say you get an, something called an oyster card when you get there, and we rode around everywhere. But the best part about it was we went with Bullseye, and Kyle Kinnett had us in a hotel that was about three blocks from Piccadilly and three blocks from where I broadcast live from in Trafalgar Square at Admiralty. It was, you know, five blocks from uh, the Thames river and uh it was awesome i mean absolutely and the weather was great walking distance to some great parts others you took the tube it was just a great experience all the way around well i don't want to and i don't want to rub your face in it but the, the, the most memorable part to me was we went to the writers went to kensington kensington palace for a dinner and that was nice i, I did mean, not that, i did that, not that, do that the upper, that's how the other two percent of the world lives but it was it was really amazing that you know Ursay put that on and uh, so again it was and again there are things that I never would have ever done had it not been for being fortunate enough to 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 to, to do what I do and to do it at a good enough level to do it long enough and it's just it's just pretty cool to to do and that's why I say I hope that I can make the Frankfurt thing work. There's some things that need to fall in place or whatever. Um, but but I'm I'm hoping to cope. Yeah, it's like a, with I, the wife. What's that? With the wife. Yeah, well she, done. She won't let me go without her. <laughs> it's 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 well done. But uh, nah, it wasn't really a surprise to me that they got that that game in London or checked that in that game in Europe. Was it a surprise to you? I kind of thought it would be a London game with Tennessee or Jacksonville, because well, one thing that's kind of crazy is. And you just have to learn to, to take what you read with a grain of salt a lot of times. Is the, 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 a couple of papers in Germany announced who the games were uh, ahead of time, like in the last four or five days. And it's not it's not the games that they ended up with. So that's why I kind of anticipated London as opposed to Germany, because what I had read is ahead of time that a couple of papers over there had already leaked, I guess, erroneously who the, who the teams were going to be in the two games but so uh but it, it's it, they were due they, they were due to go um you know as far as every x number of years you generally go 
And uh, I think it's pretty cool. You, it, you know, it's it's really kind of, what's funny is, and I don't think I'm I'm wrong, is th- this is something that the team in Jim Irsay loves. They embrace it. They they probably I'm sure he's lobbied for it because it's great exposure for the franchise and your players and your brand and all that. And I really doubt too many coaches say, "Man, I hope we get that overseas game." I just, you know, because they're all about, you know, routine and yeah. this is the way we do things in the seven day life cycle and all that. And this totally throws it on its head, although you get to buy after that. But, the, you know, is is preparing for that game. Do you leave early? Do you leave late? And what do you do? So, but it, it, it's, it's all things being considered, it, this is a plus for the franchise and it's simply good exposure for your, for your franchise and, and your brand. So Mike Chappell, who joins us, would you think that if I would have told you 15, 20 years ago that the Colts and the Patriots would play in <laughs> Germany, would you think I, I was crazy? Yeah, probably. I mean, and because it it's crazy because they, they've played so often. And remember after the realignment in 2002, these teams still played like every year, every other year, just because of the way the, the scheduling was. So, yeah, it's, it is kind of – Funny that now these two former, ex, you know, serious rivals, which which you know which team's going to win to go to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, whatever. Now they got to go all the way to, to Germany to keep it going, and maybe that's how far the Colts need to get removed away from Foxborough by how they were handled last year by the Patriots. But uh, it, it's kind of, it, again, it's kind of cool, but it's kind of strange that, it, that it's New England. Of all teams, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There's a point in time when the Colts are going to have to, I guess, in this case, I can describe it like this: surrender a home date to play overseas. Is it a matter of time? Yeah, it's a matter of time. But again, I, I they, they do tend to spread these out. So you know, is the next four years, five years, maybe, maybe a lot of it, not maybe, a lot of it depends on how quickly. Anthony Richardson is what they hope he is, and this team's all of a sudden back to where it's really a really a flagship franchise. But yeah, it's th- that's probably one of the downsides or, or or the down points of this is New England loses a home game. Although aren't, aren't they don't they have eight or nine home games? So you really you still have your eight. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. but you, you, it, it's still you're still losing a gate. You're still losing a gate, so that that makes a difference uh, with, with revenue. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that the owner would would really be happy about that, even if he was yeah. going overseas. Maybe at yeah, some point he, he's going to be understanding of it, but it would be hard pressed to believe that point would be now. Yeah, and, and you need to get somebody on that's a lot smarter than me. But when it comes to uh, revenue streams for a team, and I'm not down playing a home game at all, at all, but. With the way things are with, with TV and all that kind of stuff, it, it, it's it's not quite the, uh, the the jolt as you might expect, but it's still it, it's still a home game you're not getting. Yeah, it's no doubt. Mike Chappell of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, I mean, maybe he can you know, play some music, you know, do one of those music things, a concert or whatever, and bring some of his stuff to Germany. To Frankfurt and have yeah, people look at it over that did. weekend. I think what we need to do, we need to hook up with Bjorn Werner and see if he can kind of walk us around <laughs> and you know see what he's doing. Hey, he's what what does Werner rank as one of the in the category of worst first round selections of all time for the Colts here? Yeah, that, yeah, we'll talk about that, and then I'll call him up and I'll, he'll say, "You had me what?" So <laughs> that's not exactly a way to, to lay the groundwork to call him, but yeah, that's one that didn't work out. Philip Dorsett. Uh, I would probably put Dorsett ahead of him in recent memory, uh, and, and I've not got my book in front of me. Uh, if you want to consider Trent Richardson, with they gave up a first-round pick to get him. Uh, that, but those two kind of jump out at me as far as what you expect. Werner Moore, because that that was one of those, again, we talked about when you're chasing mistakes and when you're always chasing that mistake at edge pass rusher, you eventually have to keep taking one, which keeps you from taking somebody else. But he had some – he never was a good fit for what they tried to do, whether it was 3-4, four, 4-3. Four, he was injured. 
I'm telling you, he was a great guy. He, he really was a good guy to deal with. Uh, you just, remember what was he, the, the, his conference's uh, defensive player of the year. Yeah. And it just didn't work out. So Mike Chappell is with us. So we know who they're going to play. What do you think the bye week is going to be? This season, oh, I think I think it'll be the next week, the following week. Yeah, that normally is yeah, that way, right? Yeah, but it wasn't in sixteen, as I remember. Uh, because they have, the, they don't they run. have the choice though that they choose not? Didn't yeah, Pagano and, and, and Grigson choose not, not to do it that way? Yeah, because it was what was that? Was that week four, week five? It was early, and you didn't want it that soon. And they yeah. they thought they could get back and and it not be too much of a of an issue. And I just think that with it would be a perfect time after the uh, trip to Germany to have your bye week it, because it, it, it's gonna, it, it's late in the season. So that's about – that's roughly about where you'd like to have your bye anyway. Uh, just going back here and looking, they uh, they played – The, was the Bears? Four. They, they, and they came back and played the Bears and yeah. beat them. So, uh, so it just depends. But I just think when it's that late into the season, it just makes sense to, to have your bye – if you have your druthers, and you know the league does give you that option, I just kind of have to believe the Colts will say, "Yeah, give us that buy in week, uh, the week after after Germany." I guess that what stands out so much about going back to 2016 and you know being in London with that game was how bad the Colts played. They were terrible. Yeah, and it was and it was Jacksonville, so you know, sort of a it, it was a road game, and that was the sick of that of this long streak of. Losing at Jacksonville, whatever it is now. The, I think the last time they beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville was 2014, I think, or on the road since that was in London. But yeah, they just played awful, uh, and they still almost won. There, you know, I think it was 30-27 yeah. or whatever. So it was still there. But God, the the offensive line was a mess. You know, where have we heard that before? Uh, but even you know, luck wasn't good enough to to, to get them over the hump and. It, it was a great trip, but a bad trip, business trip. I, I'm curious. Mike Chappell joins us, and obviously, everybody is focused in on Anthony Richardson, the quarterback, and you know how things look and whether or not he starts in week number one. And yeah, he's at the top of that list. But the major concern, and you can talk about you know cornerbacks, you know Shaquille Leonard coming back and being anywhere near capable of performing at the level in which everybody thought and his contract would dictate he he should and would be playing at. But how far away are we with believing that just with a change in quarterback from old to new, a 13-game player collegiately, and basically a snap of a finger. This offensive line is going to go from playing at that low level to being much better, what we thought they should be this year. Isn't that somewhat of a pipe dream? It's put a lot of faith and trust, whatever, blind trust in in it working. I mean, in all three guys, you know, Nelson, Kelly, and Braden Smith having bounce-back seasons – and Bernhard Ryman, you know, taking that next step. And, you know, he had some rough moments last year as rookie left tackles tend to, especially when you're just thrown into it. You know, like, here you go, go swim. Uh, and, and now he got better. He, he got a lot better as the season went on. But, but you're still you're still kind, kind of counting on him being the guy. We've not really – you know, they drafted Freeland in, the, what was it, fourth round to be – competition and to be the swing tackle, I guess. But, yeah, I, I'm not – the only real addition is, is is the new offensive line coach. And right now everybody says the right things. Yeah, you know, he, he, he's talking the right things. He's details, holding us accountable and all this stuff. And we'll see. I just – to me it is risky because that's the one area, if you really dummy it down, that's the one area that sabotaged – Everything last year, you know, maybe Matt Ryan works at at least to win the AFC South level if the offensive line just plays okay, just okay. You know, then Jonathan Taylor, although he was banged up much of the season and finally went on IR, then he's more effective, and then the passing is more effective. So it's it's just odd that to this time they've not added – a free agent. It's it's just it's unusual, 
you know, I, I still believe, I don't know who it is, I've not looked at the list that close, that they've got somebody in mind that they're going to sign later on. They, they've had a couple of guys come in for workouts and our, you know, look sees or whatever, but but it's just odd. It, it just is when that's, you got the young quarterback and he needs to be protected. You need to allow him to do what he does. And you're just, you're just, I guess, crossing your fingers. I don't know how else to put it. That the three guys have bounced backs and Bernard Ryman takes the next step. And by the way, you know, Will Fries works at right guard or, or uh, Emil Ikior works or whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's just strange that that's been their approach when they always preach the importance of O-line, D-line. And it, it's, it just goes against what how they've done things in the past. Do you think they – and obviously they don't, but do you, is it believe or hope is what they're putting into this thought process at right guard? Belief or hope with what they have? Hope? I don't know. I, I, how, do you, how do you believe – because it's it's not working. It it was you know up and down and uneven, and it didn't work with Danny Pinner, and 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 so I I don't know. It, it's they know what they're doing. It, it's their job to know what they're doing, and I, I just come back to saying that it's it's when that when when that was such a detriment last year, obviously, and, and you didn't you haven't done much except draft. And a new line coach. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see in whether we'll know in training camp. Probably not. Preseason, we should have an idea. But I would feel better if there's a player or two not here yet. But, uh, you know, it's, and it's still semi-early, but not really because the longer you wait and the longer you have waited, then you available talent is thinner, so I, it, I I scratch my head at that all the time. Mostly 1 o'clock starts is what we're going to see later on this evening? Oh, I think so, and that's what <laughs> that's what 4 and four twelve and 1 teams get. Uh, you know, and we've had a few years like that, which the team probably isn't cra- wouldn't be crazy about, but media doesn't really mind 1 o'clock starts, you know, because, you know, then, and it's about us because we get done earlier. So you know you you get you get what you get you you get what you earn, generally unless you're one of the the, the America's teams for whatever reason the Raiders when they even when they were bad, or Dallas even when they were bad, but yeah I would anticipate a lot of one o'clock games. So Mike Chapel there CBS four and Fox fifty nine hoping that he gets to Frankfurt Germany coming up in November. Can uh, I try to go fund me or would that be too much? <laughs> That's probably too much, isn't it? <laughs> You'd be okay. Yeah, You'd be okay with that, yeah. And then you had to bring up how you guys, the, the writers, and the cut got to go to this place, and I didn't get to go to that place while right in on. London. Yeah, I didn't want to rub that in too much, but that was pretty cool. Yeah, they unplugged me. I, I, I was actually on the air. I think when I think I was on the air when you guys were doing that, and uh, maybe I, I was. I thought about you. Yeah, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> you guys didn't think about me at all. So that's all right, though. All good. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. See what happens. Talk to you later. Be well. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Meekum experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Meekum.com.